podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Pod Extra. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm joined by Adam Sells. Very, 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 very good afternoon. And Tom Maslona. Maslona, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we, bad, got, we had a bit of a hiccup there uh, before we the Polish, uh, Tom Maslona. 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 This podcast is brought to you by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photos of weddings and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. I will. There we go. Um, brilliant result that was, wasn't it? Did you expect it when we uh, before we before the game started? Well, I was reasonably confident uh, that we might achieve a result. Leicester didn't have too much to play for, but there's a there's a danger in that because the first goal is often the the big thing in these situations. I think teams when they don't have much to play for can often come and relax when they get in front and turn on the style and so on without the pressure. But the other side of it is if you break the back of them early, as we did, then uh, it go, can go the other way. And actually, when, once we went 2-0 up and Loftus-Cheek uh, ran in the third, I said to the fella next to me, it's open season now, how many will we get? And uh, two more came along. I think uh, fantastic afternoon. Tom, uh, what did you think of the build-up play for, for some of the goals? Was it... it was pretty decent quality football wasn't it in the end yeah it really was I mean I, I was on the pod last week uh, criticising the shape and actually I also talked about the fact that we lacked intensity at Watford last week and we actually started on the front foot today um, and really I was watching the game and they found it hard to pick us up you know Will and Andros go into spaces that defenders don't really want to go into and uh, we passed the ball really well and people made runs off them and yeah you know Really and truly, the first goal was probably the best goal I've seen by Palace side for a long time. It was a good finish by Wilf. He had a, had a decent game, didn't he? Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. He just looks better and better and better all the time. And I think some of our, our play in the first half, it was very similar to the Brighton game, which I've described as our best half of football since we'd been back in the Premier League. But today we went in at least with the two-goal advantage and you know that made a big difference and not conceding and, and going in with that lead meant that we had a good platform and to be honest bar was sort of a little flurry at the start of the second half they didn't really get at us too much although I have to say a word for Joel Ward who was roundly criticised last week for his performance at Watford and 
it was a very important intervention today on the line to uh, to stop them scoring, which would have made a perhaps a, a very different complexion on the game. Really, there was a lot of um, concern from Palace fans before the game about Leicester's pace. Do you think that that it, was it a tactical thing that Palace kind of nullified that, or was it just that? What, what do you think, Tom? Do you think that, that like the way that, that Leicester played, they didn't seem to have any kind of direction in the end? I, I think they lacked urgency, to be honest. As Adam said, you know these sides that have got little to play for, um, they come at it one or two ways. And Adam's right, you know the first goal is all important, and the heart can sometimes go out of you, and you know they don't have an awful lot to fight for. I think the most important thing really today, Rob, was that we had a lot of the ball, and you know we were taking the game to them. And the important thing for me which we lacked last week, is when you play with Wilf and Andres up front, especially in the first half, you need to get people around them because they like to get out wide and we need to get people in the box. MacArthur made that run for the second goal and um, got on the end of it and scored. It was a really good finish. I'm not his biggest fan, actually, but, um, you know, he he was really effective today. But they really wilted in midfield, didn't they, Leicester? I mean, you you could kind of see that that, uh, Milivojevic had such a... He had a really dominant game. MacArthur, as you say, and then centrally that they just couldn't handle the way that our strikers were playing like that I mean you, you end up with no recognized striker as such yeah. and yet Townsend and Wilf just did such a remarkable job at just dragging all these players out of position yeah and the important thing you know as we both now alluded to is once you drag people out of position people have got to fill their holes you know it's a little bit <laughs> I hate to put us in the category of sort of Spain a few years back but they played with the false nine and you know like I said earlier the defenders don't really know who, who to pick up for me, the biggest thing today was Loftus-Cheek. I thought he was immense throughout. And um, I understand that Gareth Southgate was here and he can only have done himself a lot of favours with that performance, particularly if you, if you bear in mind Oxlade-Chamberlain is now going to be out for a while. I thought he was immense. And really, once Wilf and Andros go out wide, you're looking for someone like him to be able to carry the ball into, into dangerous areas. And he did that so effectively today. So, Elsie, do you think that... that we've got a chance of signing Loftus-Cheek? Well, I hope so, because it was interesting. I was having a conversation with one of my pals last week who was very down on him and thought we should send him back to Chelsea. And I said, I'd sign the bloke in a heartbeat without a second thought. You know, I think he's got so much to give. And as Tom sort of and I discussed last week, you know, Tom's not a fan of Roy's funny shape, but we keep winning points with this strange shape, if you like. And... And it's worked for us again, and, and he's been unbelievable today. His role in the first goal, you know, ends up with a great finish from Will, but it all starts with the with the work that he did by the touchline, holding onto the ball and uh, and getting us into the box. I, I I think he's fantastic. And the third goal, the finish, was the, the hallmark of a very good player. You know, calm. You know, never thought he was going to miss. To be honest, I think he's. He's an absolute must for me. He he was a big miss when he was injured. I said during the injury crisis, Wilfred, Mamadou Sacco and Ruben Loftus-Cheek are the three players that we couldn't cope with, you know, cope without, sorry. We we struggled to find, well, they're, they're too good a player that you're going to have two of them in your club. You know, as I said before, you can swap Jeffrey Schlapp or, or uh, Patrick Van Arnholt or you can swap Joel Ward or Aaron Wan-Bissaka or... You know, or Tompkins or Dan, it doesn't weaken you sufficiently. But without those three players, I think you know we're with those three players. We're a completely different proposition. You know, and and today, you know, we beat a very good side. I mean, okay, fortunately for us, Kasper Michael's out, which was and um, Okazaki, but that was 
you know, got some very good players, Leicester. Make no mistake, Mares, Vardy, you know, people would be falling over themselves for these players. So I have to say, to go and beat them 5 0, was that our biggest win ever in the I Premier think League? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was, yeah. I mean, fantastic. You know, I, I thought we might nick a 2 0 before the game, but actually, we broke the back of them early on. Yeah. And, you know, once we got the the third goal, it was, you know, goals, goals, goals. And, you know, the game, uh, I thought the referee actually showed them a little bit of mercy with two minutes stoppage yeah. time because I think we had three, three, four, five substitutes. We had the injury uh, to Indini and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it wasn't about five or six minutes, yeah. to be honest. I think that the defensive unit is really starting to kind of show its quality there. Do you think that the, it, does, it does Wayne Hennessy a, a lot of favours having two really dependable centre-backs at the back? Do you think that that has played a part for us as well, having those two kind of being regular players now? Yeah, definitely. I can remember going up to Huddersfield with Adam and, um, you know, we go to a lot of games together and we've said our starting eleven is as good as, you know, <laughs> you want to say anyone outside of the top six, really. But we well, just I'd haven't argue, been... Tom, actually, on its day, we're a match for any team in the league. The quality with the, the, the sort of players we're able to put on the pitch today... We'd be a match for any side in the in. I mean, those games we lost against the big six was with a quite depleted side, you know. And I think on any given day, we'd be a, a match for anybody. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm saying to you we win the league, but I certainly wouldn't fear anybody. That's the difference. Um, my point, you know, I, I don't disagree with Adam, but my point being, you know, as you're saying, Rob, we went to Huddersfield, and when you get Sacco back, and when you get Loftus Cheek in the side, Wilf being fit. Yeah, just add some quality that we were lacking previously and I think something that's gone sort of maybe unrecognised is Van Aanholt's improvement over the last couple it's of months massive, yeah. he's, he's, he's been huge and I, I'd have sold him in January yeah. I have to say that, that to you I'm sure it's my I question thought, I, I, was, I would question his sorry what is that <laughs> I'll say I think it's my question but, yeah. <laughs> very good he, he well, I'm leaving you in. to eat all those words from last <laughs> week you know about Roy's shape Joel Ward. I was going to counter that again you're, today. You're a seven-day diet now. You don't need anything, do you? You've got that much to eat. You'd like to go on a seven-day diet. <laughs> Calm down, guys. <laughs> anyway, I'm only joking. Are there, are, um, there, are there any negative points from today? Is there anything that you can kind of point out and say, well, that wasn't good? Uh, <laughs> I am the king of negativity, to be fair. And Joel Ward did play Vardy onside um, before he cleared off the line, so... To me, he was only making up his, his mistake. Cut the fellow <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, no, I, I just wanted to add to, um, just finishing what I was saying. I think Van Aanholt's been really important. He, he started the season poorly. Um, he'd probably be the first to admit that compared to how he finished last season. And it is a solid unit now, you know, and, and the three of them, Ward's come in, he was much better today, in all fairness. And they do look solid. Sacco made a mistake at the outset and Vardy could have come in and nicked a goal really and you watch him and I used to watch him when he played at Liverpool and you always think potentially he's got a rick in him but he's so good on the ball and he's got so much composure and he showed that for the third goal you know he, he played a through ball there that any midfielder would have been proud of I think every single goal was was worthy of, of like a highlight reel really I think we, we played for the first that the, there was Great build-up play. Second was was that MacArthur's goal? The second one, yeah, it's with Wilfish, fantastic great pass. And as Tom just said there about Sacco, you know the words he's used there is very similar to a conversation over the fellow sitting next to me, and he said to me, "Oh, he's got a boob in the locker. He makes me uncomfortable." And he he does, in fairness, 
do some crazy things. But uh, he did in the but, first half, but, didn't yeah. he? With that back but Rob, pass. I would say to you, it goes with the territory. Yeah. You have someone that's good on the ball who's going to try and play, then that goes with the territory. Occasionally, they're going to do things that are a little bit risky, and you know, I, I think we also have to recognise if we're to move forward. You know, we we we've got some good footballers here that can play the game. You know, we haven't got anybody in our side who's terrible on the ball or really uncomfortable and you know therefore you want him to I mean the third goal similarly against Chelsea down here I think for Wilf's second he won the ball high up yeah. the pitch and slid Wilf in for the goal and today it was a very measured pass and like I said fantastic finish really the, uh, sorry the, yeah. be- the benefit of that is that he can push the team further forward you know I can remember going back a few years Delaney playing at the back and he played the diagonals but Mila Jednak we used to come really really deep and get the ball off him and that would mean that the midfield and the whole team's playing deeper than, deeper than it does now Sacco's got the, the quality to be able to carry the ball forward himself which pushes the centre midfield players further forward and they can then impact further up the field and that hopefully will lead to midfield, midfield players scoring There's a lot to be pleased with um, Join us in part two we're going to talk about Roy a little bit and uh, Christian Benteke will get a mention as well <laughs> I think the important thing about today was the pressure was on us. You know, we've been playing quite well lately, but as you rightly say, we needed to make certain that was transformed into a, a result which gave points because we actually played well against Tottenham and against Liverpool and Man United and lost on each occasion, you know, very, very late on in the game. Um, but today we, we made certain that the quality of the performance led to goals and, and, and then we defended our lead well. Uh, so that was very, very satisfying and I think it's a great tribute to the players, to their mental character and mental strength because I think many a team, given the, given the type of situation we're talking about there where we've not had an awful lot of luck in the last minutes of games and more importantly, given the enormous amount of injuries we suffered. You know, today, a player like Ruben Loftus-Cheek who's been absolutely outstanding today alongside one or two other players you know, we've we've missed him for well over four months of the season, which is a, a long time. And a sort of we've only been playing for about seven months, and he's not played for four of them. We've had Benteke out for two long periods. We've had Wilf Zaha out for two long periods. So, you know, f- for the players to not use that as an excuse to not get into that way of thinking that odds are stacked against us, and you know, fate is not on our side. I think that's the thing, probably, which gives me the most satisfaction and to go out there today and give that sort of performance in a game which was really one of the must-win games. We knew we had to win one of the last three to give ourselves a good chance and of course we all thought it would be nice if we could win the first one and then give ourselves some margin with the next two. Uh, Christian Benteke scored at the end the fifth goal. Whose decision was it for him to take the penalty? Was it a combination. I mean, to be fair, we, we the coaching staff, put the idea out there that it might be a good idea. But Luca was the one finally who took the decision because had he, had he said no, no, you know, I don't want to do that. I, I want the ball. You're not having it. Then I'm sure he would have taken the penalty. But the, the idea, I suppose, or the proposal, came <coughs> from us on the bench. But Luca was the one who made the decision. Tom. I was just going to ask you if there's a, a slap-up celebration in the middle plan tonight. I presume you, you feel that that's enough now to 
Well, it's dangerous, I suppose, to some extent, because, you know, miracles do happen. You know, we've, we're probably on the cusp of one ourselves, and, you know, I've been on the, on the receiving end of one in, in, in the past, so I suppose it's a bit dangerous to start thinking we can be relaxed now and complacent. But on the other hand, it irritates me sometimes to hear managers constantly harping on about mathematical possibilities because to be honest it would take so many things to happen it's not just a question of whether Southampton can get the points they need from the three games it's whether or not some of the other teams below us can get the points they need from the games and don't forget that Stoke plays Southampton and, and Swansea plays Southampton um, so you know these these are I'm sorry Stoke play Swansea I think it is um, and certainly Southampton plays Swansea so, I mean, they can't all win, and they're all below us at the moment. So, you know, you'd need, you'd need to be Billy Bean, really, to work out all the, the integrals and the mathematical possibilities. I honestly always thought that if we got even to 36 points with a good goal difference, we'd have a good chance of staying up. So 38 with a good goal difference should be OK. And the goal difference is something which really gives me enormous satisfaction, because I think now we're, we're minus 13, is that right? Yeah. And we were minus 17 after seven games. So really, of the teams in the bottom half, we have a plus goal difference over the last 29 games, whatever it is. Okay. Um, one of the most pleasing aspects, and from your point of view, everybody can see it today, the, how hard some of all the players worked, especially your star players, yeah. when you didn't have the ball. Where does that spirit come from? And what do you put it down to? It comes from the training ground and it comes from the characters of the players concerned to take on board, if you like, the messages that we're trying to, to put out on the training ground. But uh, right from the very offset, our philosophy, our principles, our ideas about how we wanted the game to be played haven't varied, even during the first three matches, which led to seven defeats rather than the four when I came. Even during those periods where we've suffered setbacks, our principles have remained the same. Our principles of play and our principles of leadership. And, and I'm very happy that the players have, A, bought into that, and B, and I admire your observation, because it's an observation that I certainly made during the course of the game, that today not one player wanted to show off his skills, not one player was not prepared to run back. I mean, there was a few occasions in the second half on a counter-attack from one of the many corners or wide free kicks that we'd won in the uh, Leicester half where it was Townsend and Zaha who were actually running back and retrieving the ball for us way beyond everybody else. And if, as I believe we will, that we stay up in this league, we will owe a, a big debt to the mentality and the character of the players, which, of course... Fortunately for me, has been allied to the fact that there's some good footballers out there as well. So, uh, you know, if you if you get both of those things right, you've got a chance. As we see every week with Manchester City, because they're another team I admire, not just by the quality of their football, but for the fact that their players work very hard off the ball and don't show any diva tendencies. Okay. Yeah, just one I probably have to leave Palace and reflect on it for a period of time. You know, I, 
I think it's very, very dangerous to start ranking achievements. And, you know, there is a no doubt the, the adage which I picked up once from Joe Mercer about distance lending enchantment is no doubt true. You know, distance does lend enchantment. The magical years are the ones that are distant. These ones are the pragmatic years, the years you live through. And, you know, I still think it would take a lot for my memory of 1976 taking over that team which had survived in the Swedish first division on goal difference and winning the league by seven points. I still think that will take a, a lot of beating in my romantic memory. But um, I am very proud of the work that's been done at this club since September when I came. And, you know, I really want to share, if you like, that pride and any accolades that might be going, <coughs> particularly with the players, but also with my coaching staff. Because Lewington, Stephen Reid and Dean Kiley, since he's come in and before him, uh, uh, Margison, they, Marty Margison, they, they've all done a fantastic job. We, we've been very solid as a team behind the team. There's been no divisions, no questions, no suggestions that the principles are not the right principles. And that's good because the players, as a result, they, they can't find a way through there. You know, when things aren't going their way, they come up against a solid block of people who say, this is it, this is how it's got to be done, this is how it is going to be done. And uh, I think that's an important factor as well. So I've had an awful lot of help along the way. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. And welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan Pod Extra. Hello again. <laughs> I'm still here. Brought to you by uh, Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photos of weddings and more, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. I will. Um, right, second, like, let's talk about Roy a little bit. That was um, a lot of credit to, to Roy Hodgson. He's, he's kind of... Did, did you expect us to kind of turn things around as, as well as we have done? Well... I've been called deluded by a couple of my friends. And there was a gentleman not too far away from me that doubted many of my words on the train ride back from Manchester United earlier in the season. <laughs> we were beaten 4-0 that day, weren't we, after 5-0 the week before at City. And uh, I thought we'd stay up, one. And two, I thought that, um, you know, we were capable of a top-half finish. And we're only three points away from that now. I'm still not counting my chickens because we're only six points away from the relegation zone. I think we'd be very, very unlucky to go down now, but obviously, as we talked last week about Oldham and all those things, you learn never to take anything for granted. And I, I certainly don't buy into the football culture of, oh, they're gone, they're finished and so on. You know, you just never know what's going to happen in this game. So take nothing for granted. But we've got two games against the bottom two teams in the league which you'd say should be great, but both of them are absolutely fighting for their lives. West Brom, incredible, really, turnaround under Darren Moore. Oddly enough, I had a conversation a couple of months ago about Alan Pardew saying I didn't understand why they hadn't sacked him and taken a chance on a popular face. Darren Moore, in fairness, wasn't one that I came up with, but I thought maybe they'd bring a sort of familiar face that was popular, which often is a catalyst in sort of a relegation situation. And clearly the players want to play for him versus Alan Pardew and you can see the difference so those two games are certainly not going to be easy for us but you know I think Roy going back to your question has been 
fantastic. And I said last week, inch by inch, he does it in his measured way, and it's very reassuring. And that that was that's what I said, you know, because you know it's not a flash in the pan. There's none of this that's just one week a bit of form. I think we've lost since he's been in charge only three games against teams outside of the top six. Yeah, and you know that was something that was in my mind before the game today, and. You know, we've played, as I said before, a good side today and done very, very, very well. What do you think about Roy? I, I know that the shape of things is often, uh, is often a question. I know people do get a little bit frustrated with the kind of uh, fixation with 4-4-2 and that kind of approach. But against a team like Leicester, it seemed that, that there, were, there is a bit more fluidity, don't you think? Yeah, it, you, can't, you can't argue with today's performance. Uh, we were excellent. You know, and like I said last week, I, I was confident that he'd get us out of trouble. And this is a guy who knows what he's doing. You know, you can't forget. He's criticised sometimes. This, he was the England manager. Not just the England manager. He was manager of Inter Milan, Liverpool. Someone with a hell of a lot of, hell of, a lot of experience. And we've got him at our club. Um, I talked last week and I said that I worry that sometimes he's conservative. I wouldn't have played Ward today. Ward came up trumps. Um, you know, the system came up trumps today. I do wonder what's going to happen in the summer in terms of um, the people we buy. We talked about buying Loftus-Cheek earlier on in the pod. That would be amazing if it happens. My worry is that on today's performance, he could potentially go to the World Cup. And why would Chelsea not want to have him? Yeah. You know, and if Kabai hasn't got another season in him, that's, that's two people who are really good in the ball that we'd have to replace. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of people he goes in the market for. Because well, I, I, do, I, I do think, based on the Hodgson teams I've seen in the past, that he does tend to be conservative. Right. With, with regards to one player that, that there has been talk about possibly leaving, and that's Christian Benteke, what do you think about the kind of team spirit that saw him being given the penalty? Oh, it was fantastic for him there. A little bit of redemption there with the penalty. You know, I'm, I'm, I have to say, being... Uh, professional about it I'm not in favour of these kind of things you know <laughs> but fortunately it ended up in the net so uh, fair play to him he's he's had a pretty miserable time in front of goal so uh, you know at least he had the opportunity today to uh, hit the back of the net and know what it feels like again on on his future that's a hard one to call and, and the way that uh, Tom spoke I think you know my belief is that Roy favours um, a very sort of he likes steady eddies that he knows where where what he's going to get from those individuals and where they're at basically he he wants to he wants you know James McArthur is a Roy Hodgson sort of player and I think what you'll see probably with the recruitment this summer is more of a more Lucas if you like more of those kind of players or you know, perhaps from the relegated teams, there'll be a few faces at West Brom he'll be familiar with if they do go down. I mean, they're making a great fist of it at the death, but, you know, those kind of players from his team there, there's probably, you know, players in... I mean, I saw West Brom a few times when Roy was in charge and, you know, the James Morrisons and those kind of players are, are Roy's sort. And uh, I think you'll see more of that than too much sort of uh, magic dust come the summer I don't think there'll be so many you know or so many I'm not sure there'll be too many big money signings the Ben Techies or the Sackos I think we'll, we'll have to go for a, a little bit more um, up and coming perhaps rather than already established and one point on that 
Rob, that I'd like to raise is, you know, I read some of the stuff during the week about get rid of him, get rid of him, change him, change him. You have to understand, every time you free a player, you potentially have to go and pay money to go and replace him. Perhaps bigger wages, perhaps agents' fees, and well, definitely agents' fees. All of those things add up. So when you're going to replace a player, you have to consider that somebody like Joel Ward, for instance, who's going out of contract, okay, some people are going, well, don't think he's good enough. Well, I'd argue, played in the Premier League for five seasons. He must be good enough. He's played for five seasons. He's not 36, he's still in his 20s. Um, so you can say, yeah, well, we get someone else. How much is it going to cost to go and buy another player of that quality and that level? And then what's it going to cost in wages? You can't overhaul 15 players in your squad at a time. Right. You know, what we did very well in the early part of uh, after promotion was three or four players at each window and improved the, the weakest three players and so on. And that built the, the squad strength. So I think, although there's work to do, you know, I think you're going to need still, you know, some of these guys, the Martin Kellys and people like that in your in your group. You know, they're vital because they cost too much to replace. And they're also players that that ultimately, when you call upon them, they actually do their job, don't they? Don't you think that, Tom? I mean, yeah. when you when you look at what Roy actually did, especially during our injury crisis, he used the players that we had as much as he possibly could. I mean, Bakari Sacco ended up with a, a, a revitalised career up yeah, until did. the point he got injured. <clears throat> yeah, he did, absolutely. We have this conversation on the train going to away games and Ad always says to me, and he is right, you know, he goes through our squad and he says, we've actually got two players for virtually every position and, and the reserve player you'd be comfortable with. You know, Joel Ward coming in as your backup, if he is your backup, you'd be happy with that. You know, if Scott Dan ends up being your centre-half backup, you'd be very happy with that. Schlupp as a backup left-back, you know, fine. Um, one thing I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, we're talking about next season already and Benteke possibly going. Today, when we scored the couple of late goals, it reminded me of Hull City at the end of last season when we won 4-0. Yeah. And um, you think that was a year ago and where have we come? Well, actually, where we've been is we've had another relegation uh, battle and fighting for our lives again. And I just sort of think it can't carry on. And I do believe, you know, whatever you say about Roy Hodgson you think he's methodical and I'm sure he'll be planning for a more comfortable season next year because really you don't want to be finishing the season and having enduring the same kind of season that we've had for the last two three four years right you know we have to show some signs of moving forward and do you think do you think I mean in, in fairness to Palace they probably tried to to run before they could you know that before they could walk in terms of uh bringing in Frank de Boer is it a case of just putting a bit of faith in Roy now? Like, um, he's got what he had. I think he signed a two and a half year contract when he when he took the job. Is it a case of just kind of? Do you think that he'll be here next season? And do you, do you, you know? It's just what do you what do you think the future holds for Roy? Well, I hope so, and I think he really roundly deserved that reception he got this afternoon from the fans. You know, he did. He's done very very well, and you feel like he sort of gets it really and. The Frank de Boer thing, I wasn't in favour. I didn't like the style of play. I was very pessimistic having watched the pre-season games and knew that it wouldn't last. On the other side of it, the, pe- the people that, that, that sort of roll out the comments like, we haven't got the players to play football. We've certainly got players that yeah. can play football. You saw that, seeing that today, you know, yeah. it, it, that's not the case. It's not, it wasn't the fact that he hasn't got quality. It was the way that the system and, and trying to use the players in the, you know, he's playing Wilfred 
too deep so he's receiving the ball with bodies you want to get him isolated with, with the defenders one on one where he can go by people and, and do his thing you don't want him that deep you know Andros Townsend not in the side and then used as a wing back and so on he, he didn't utilise Luca. he didn't utilise our best players yeah. in the right way that was the mistake it was the shape of the team and the style of play you know it's very very hard to score goals at this level against teams when they've got everybody behind the ball and they're organised so therefore your counter-attacking threat is absolutely massive you know you saw today Wilf the sending off one on one yep. down off which to, Mike Dean yeah. didn't give initially well, and then waited for the it. linesman yeah, to give it, it but, but uh, um, uh, Loftus-Cheek slid in for the, for the third goal one on one you know that thrust you've got makes you a much better team and I think it's much easier to score goals against teams in those situations it's very very hard with this very uh, Frank De Boer tried this very methodical build up play which didn't utilise the thrust of the players that we had and they were doing everything far too deep and that's why I wasn't confident Roy's recognised the quality we've got and let's be honest he's made us solid and hard to beat and we've got some magic dust at the other end of the pitch when you've got Wilf and Loftus-Cheek and Andros Townsend and the aerial threat of Ben Teke. I know it hasn't worked so well this season but you've got players that can win you games and then yeah. you've got midfield players Lucas scored a lot of goals Kabai this season has been really solid Kabai, when he's, he's come back into the yeah, side as you've well got, you've got MacArthur's uh, chipped in with a good number of goals and actually in front of the goals shown he's an excellent finisher in, in, in situations the goal he scored today wasn't dissimilar from one he scored in the League Cup against Ipswich here at the start of the season. You know, I think the criticism of, of the chairman and the squad generally has been way too much and, and, and really completely overdone. We haven't got a bad squad. We need to change two or three or four things around. But like I said to you, what do you do? Oh, release this player. Okay. As I just said to you, release, release uh, Chung Yong Lee or release <laughs> Julian Speroni or release whoever else is out of contract. You've got to go and find another one. How much does it cost to replace that player? Right. You know, versus he's competent or able to step in and do a job for you. That, that's the consideration all the time. It's a lot of things to be positive about. Do you think that, that uh, is this something that, that Palace can really build up on for, for the rest of the season? I mean, it's two more games left against the two bottom sides. Like, what do you, how do you feel about we could end up finishing 11th in the table yeah. for example we could finish 10th in the tenth. top half who, who, who could have thought it madness there's six points available and you know confidence breeds confidence and if you're not going to be confident after a game like today you know then you, you never are and they've got to be aiming to go to the last two games and, and pick up six points you talked about will Roy be here next year I certainly hope he will because this, this is a club that needs stability you know, we've been in the top flight for five years now and just has so many managerial changes over, over a period of time. And like I said earlier, Hoyt Hodgson's a man of experience. He's been, in, been at places far superior to Palace. And, you know... We Is there any such place? Many. What's your mouth at, young man? M many, of, <laughs> many places. How very dare you. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've got to rely on experience and, and hope that he will bring in a couple of decent players and, and we can build from there because You've got to stay up first Tom yeah I said We're last week there. I said six, last week we needed points. one more win I think if Southampton we, we really could do with Southampton losing midweek I, I just think there's so many teams now between us and yeah. between us that, and the bottom that's three that's the comforting factor but 
as we've said before with the Oldham scenario <laughs> and I don't want to keep repeating it but as you can see 20 what was it 25, 25. years ago was it yeah 25 years, wasn't it yeah. yeah 25 years ago we're still scarred by the experience yeah. <laughs> so it just seemed impossible so uh, you know after that scenario I'm always we're safe now we're safe now we're never safe until it's mathematically uh, certain do I think we'll get relegated no but I never have done but uh, on the other side of it I'd still be happy when I see the points on the board or the other teams can't catch us and then I can relax and look forward to next season again well know? fingers crossed we get the points at Stoke um, Selzy thank you very much uh, it was a pleasure enjoyable day Tom, cheers, you too. and it's great thank to you. chat when it's days like this exactly it's really enjoyable to talk about 5-0 wins at home in the Premier League they don't <laughs> happen very often do they that's exactly right fair play to everyone involved Roy and these guys you know and his backroom team they're a real good reflection of Roy Ray Lou Dino Stephen Reid good fellas good people and they a brought us club. a real bit of stability and as Tom said we need that but we're looking forward now and it's been a great day thank you very much guys cheers Rob Podcast Network.